Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. It's your free throws because they're free. Fisher Sopples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider, those listening on the Mightier 1090. Shout out to your families. Hello. Good to see you guys virtually through the airwaves. We have a very special guest today. One of my personal favorite follows on TikTok. One of the brand's favorite follows. Yeah, it's true, dude. One of the brand's favorite follows on TikTok. Zach Cohen, the TikTok coordinator for FanDuel, is joining the show. Here to talk some football. Zach, welcome, my friend. You know, that's the first time that I've been on a show as the TikTok coordinator for FanDuel and you saying it for the first time. Like now I hear like offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. <laughs> I don't know like what the promotion is for yeah, that. Head coaching job soon. Up. Yeah, I guess I'm uh, interviewing for the Atlanta job soon. I don't know, but I'm stoked to be here. I love your guys' content. Too. I've you. interacted with you guys before. I love it. I'm happy. Let's roll. Good. 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 All right. Well, let's roll. Uh, before we'll give you the floor first, Zach, since you are the guest, but then we'll have to go to Toss because the, his team, the Dallas Cowboys, are doing Dallas Cowboys things. They're treating their head coaching ca- uh, hires like marriages. Honestly, there are marriages that are treated way worse in the United States. And Jerry Jones doesn't know when to quit. They are keeping Mike McCarthy for the 2024 season. Good move. Like, do you like them keeping McCarthy, or is this an absolute mistake? Like a lot of people think it is. You know, if this was a different market, like Cincinnati or Washington, no one would be blinking an eye. Oh, he's coming back. He just went 12 and five for the third straight season in a row playoffs. That's great. But it's Dallas. And unfortunate to say with the bigger market comes bigger expectations. We all know that. I think what we obviously don't know is where do they really improve? It seems like they got the roster. Uh, For the most part, they got a solid enough coaching staff, right? You're getting to the playoffs. Not exactly uh, a ring of fire-esque division either. It's the Giants and the Commanders. They can't all be good at once, right? That's how that division rolls. Uh, So I do think, I think like it's fine because at the same time, you bring in another guy and I know we want to talk about head coaches later. What are you going to get out of that that you're not already getting out of McCarthy? And I think a big, a lot of these candidates coming in do have some questions potentially like you bring in bill belichick is he really that good of a coach anymore you go for harbaugh all right like we kind of saw him you know flame out in the nfl like i feel like mccarthy is fine for now potentially change up the coordinators uh you know mccarthy had this funny line coming in uh, after his green bay job about how he watched every single snap of every single game for the one season he was off and then he said oh wait i actually didn't do that i lied yeah it seems pretty obvious maybe you do that now so i think i'm fine with it but one more season of this and you're just replaying the definition of insanity thinking that some indifference gonna happen when you keep doing the same thing over and over again i'm content with it i'm not over the moon about them Nice. Uh, and Toss, before we get to you, I do want to give a quick shout out. I had a conversation with former, with one of the founding fathers, I guess, of the Cherry Stripe, uh, Tommy Butternoodles McNamara. And he brought up the irony that Mike McCarthy 
was always the Cowboys kryptonite kind of in, in at times in the playoffs with the Packers. And the minute he goes to the Cowboys, instead of beating the Packers, the Packers then beat him again. So I just wanted to give him the shout out with the irony toss. It's your team. It's your head coach. Once again, what are your thoughts? Well, I think Zach bringing up the, the market is really apt because three years of 12 and five for mm-hmm. any other franchise, like the way that we'd be looking at this is completely different than how we're looking at this with the Dallas Cowboys like sure. I, in a vacuum. That's really impressive. That coach is never getting fired. Um, but I think ultimately what it comes down to is that my gripes with Mike McCarthy is at the end of the game, how you're managing the clock and managing situations and time and time again, this is not the only year where he's been, bad in in those spots that that's been a consistent thing for him since he's gotten to Dallas. Um, and and then additionally, when you get down and a team is beating you early, not being able to come back, not making those adjustments. And, uh, you have to make adjustments to make a playoff run. You have to make adjustments to win a super bowl as a head coach. So there it's, it's disappointing, right? And it's classic, like no Cowboys fan right now is, is by all, at, at all surprised by the fact that McCarthy is still our head coach. Like I'm not scratching my head. I'm, I'm upset, I guess, but it's so expected that at this point, I'm just like, I'm apathetic towards it because (laughs) how could I feel any different about it? Like it, it is what we thought it was going to be. And until Jerry uh, gives, gives the, the, the keys to the kingdom to someone else, which will never happen. And it'll just be a weekend at Bernie's. You mean he's going to literally be there a whole season after he's dead. It'll be another one of his little Jones clones that, that takes up the mantle. <laughs> like I, nothing's going to change with this Cowboys team. You know, I, it's just Dak will be our quarterback next year. We'll probably win the division. I guess the one saving grace is because the rest of the division seemingly is on fire a little bit. Like every other team is in a really bad spot. So if you at least stay consistent, win the NFC East, you come in with home field advantage again. Dan Quinn will will likely be gone. Okay, who do you replace him mm. with as, as a DC? Hopefully someone better. You get Trayvon Diggs. I mean, Dan Quinn was great this year, though. So, like, I I don't know. It's really it's tough, but I, I could see us right back in the same situation next year. And uh, and I wouldn't be that surprised if we have a first or second round exit once again. And I will not get my hopes up, even if the product on the field looks a little bit better. Cause I just not he's not going to change, right? This is a guy that's like, he's a veteran NFL coach at this point. He's not miraculously going to become a great second half adjustment coach. And if he does, then I'll pay all of you guys an inordinate amount of money. I'll wow. take it. Uh, yeah, I'll go out. You can pay me first. Uh, and then the fit, you get the FanDuel coordinator last. Uh, <laughs> I only accept it in Bitcoin. Uh, we have a friend for you. Uh, DJ Nicholas snacks, <laughs> snacks, Kreider. You have no horse in this race. What are your thoughts on the McCarthy situation? I mean, I was really high on the Cowboys all season long. I thought this is their best team that they've put together in the last three years. Um, this is their best shot. And ultimately, with the roster that talented, it's going to come down to coaching, right? Why they lost to the Packers. And yes, they were outplayed in every facet of the game. But then the, the day, it's like it's a home game. You have a talented roster. Everyone's healthy. I, I just didn't see what went, went wrong. But with all the new coaching um, vacancies and all the different guys that are out there to, you know, fill these vacancies. I, I, it would have been a conversation that I think needed to to last a little bit longer. I mean, Vrabel's a good guy that I think could pop in there and and get these players motivated. Um, I mean, I don't know about Harbaugh. We'll see. 
Belichick, it seems like he's got his eyes on other prizes, but there's other coordinators as well. I just think they just need new fresh blood in there just to kind of change the culture a little bit because it stems down from Jerry Jones and his little minions. And, you know, just that's the Cowboys culture. And I think Mike McCarthy is like the perfect guy to just, you know, shut up and, and do exactly what he's told. Yeah. He's a puppet. Little puppet um, master. He's a big, he's a big meat puppet. Probably not a lot of meat, just a lot of fat, but at the end <laughs> of the day, uh, yeah, I don't think they made the right decision, but it is what it is, right? 12 and five, 12 and five, 12 and five playoffs. It's, uh, you know, at least it's consistent, but <laughs> if you can't get over the hump after the third time, like I think you got to look in the mirror and, and look for a new answer. I think we, yeah. I think at this point we know enough about this franchise to put to bed any of the like murmurs. Oh, like even though the coaching carousel, like all of the available guys are top tier talent coaches, like let's not kid ourselves going forward with the Cowboys. Like I don't want to hear a week of NFL media talking about how we're going to get one of these guys. Like, it's not going to happen. What Jerry does is what Jerry does. So like mm. going forward, whoever's available at the end of next year, whatever happens, like I just don't even want to hear it. And I'm not going to entertain anyone even telling me that, that I we're not going to, that we're going to change. I can't imagine Bill Belichick wanting to, to coach for Jerry Jones. No, it's, I think he wants again, to coach like, for it never, the... It, it never even gets to that position, right? Because Jerry Jones will not bring someone in the building who is going to have an aggressive personality and want to do things their way. It's just not, yeah. it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. Steal his thunder. Yeah. I will say this though. Jerry Jones is a pretty solid drafter. Like he's brought good guys in the building and he's had some success in the draft classes. So I, I, I can't poo poo him having the reins and having control of the team personnel. If they go get a running, running back, replenish a little bit of the offensive line in the draft, like they're going to still be in a position to win this division. But at the end of the day, like they miss out on some really good fresh blood and not even with the guys we listed with Harbaugh, Vrabel, and Belichick, like what if Ben Johnson becomes available at the Detroit Lions and he's like the next big thing. And you missed out on him because you were too married to Mike McCarthy. That would probably be my issue because we, we're all sitting here, the four of us guys who watch football, you know, day in and day out, and we know exactly what we're getting with Mike McCarthy at this point. Um, all right, let's go to the divisional rounds, though. Uh, we will start with the Chiefs heading to Buffalo. They took down your Miami Dolphins, Mr. Cohn. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I, before we get into the matchup, I would love your actual quick thoughts. Uh, future of Tua. Maybe how does this this team get over the hump and and really enter that echelon of the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Ravens of really being a Super Bowl contender? I've tried this new thing this year where I'm normally pretty pessimistic because especially for the Dolphins, it was years of mediocrity and years of, well, I'm going to give them the, the doubt of the benefit, if that makes any sense. I'm trying something different where I'm going to be optimistic because nice. this is the first – thank you. This is the first time – in my entire life where we're going into next season regardless with a legitimate hope that we can actually win the whole thing whether it's warranted or not whether it you know stacks up well enough against the other teams we won't know till august Heck, we may never know they might not do it at all but i feel good enough about what they've built the last few years to say you know I'm not going to – I'd be super naive to expect a Super Bowl victory, but we're going to compete. I can I can watch them alongside Red Zone. It used to be just Red Zone. I don't need to see John Beck or Chad Pennington every weekend. Now that they got a quarterback in Tua, it's like, okay, we start to expect a little bit more. Tua has consistently not shown up against the good teams. And that Dallas win, the biggest win of the Tua tenure, they beat a – finally good team it wasn't because of Tua it was because our defense clicked when healthy 
then they got unhealthy and things kind of hit the fan. Now we got a lot of uh, secondary players. And I say that in like primary, secondary, secondary players uh, with potential to leave this offseason. Andrew Van Ginkle, Jerome Baker, Christian Wilkins, he might hit free agency. And Wilkins Ooh. is the star of the group. But they got a lot of guys who we needed because we were so unhealthy and we lost them all. So going into next offseason, I think the skinny of it right now is – even if things are going well, we need to prove that we can actually beat a contender that we're not, dare I say, frauds. And the thing that kind of might fix that, like you can add all the playmakers you want, you could sign and make all the moves you want, draft well at 21 again. It just might be the consistency, having them all in a room and saying, well, how do we grow from this? And if they can get over that hump, then I will have the utmost confidence in them at least being in the conversation to contend. And that, after years of just being, eh, all right, they, they don't suck, but they're not good. After years of that, that's all I really care about. So that's that's kind of my Dolphins rant. I'll make a whole show about it, but I don't need to bore you guys with it. Do you, no, it's, they're, do they're you an think, interesting team. Do you think that Tua has been – checking his front door eagerly every single morning waiting for that Patrick Mahomes jersey to come in the mail and is he going to wear it when he when he when the Chiefs play on Sunday <laughs> I god the Chiefs fatigue hit it seems like the whole country this year if, if it hadn't already hit I was always oh like that's cool like we that's nice Mahomes good for them this year yeah. I've found myself consistently kind of hoping that they lose um, yeah. I don't really do that with most teams but they're playing the Bills and the Dolphins rivals, they beat us. So naturally, I think me and Tua will both be wearing Mahomes jerseys. I, if I had one, actually, I need to get one. No, I don't. No, I definitely yeah, don't. Need you to definitely get don't. One. <laughs> you don't. Need, yeah. You don't need it. You don't need it. No. Yeah, they're they're a bit of a they're they become a bit boring. Like they don't have that sex appeal yeah. that some of the other dominant teams have. I will say this in your Dolphins though, real quick. They they were definitely mediocre with us growing up in our tenure. You know, kind of coming into the football world. There was a period of time where they we thought they were like left for dead. Like they traded Minka Fitzpatrick. They were going mm -hmm. through that whole rebuild and we're like, oh no, are they about to be the Browns and the Lions? And I got to give credit where credit's due. They turned that thing around pretty damn quickly from what we thought it was going to be. So at least things are heading in the right direction. On this Chiefs and Bills game, though, we've talked about it time and time again. I feel like we run in circles on our show, at least speaking for myself. Like, do I love Josh Allen? Do I hate Josh Allen? Is he perfectly rated? Is he overrated? Like, I don't even know at times how to feel about him. I will say this. The minute that they have leaned more on the run with James Cook and leaned more on the run in general, and, like, honestly, taking Stephon Diggs out of the game, they've been more successful. Their defense has clicked. And as good as the Chiefs' defense has been and as good as Rasheed Rice is now coming out to be, the Chiefs offense is not really clicking. Mm -hmm. So right now, gentlemen, I'm going to give you the tail of the table. We'll start with our guests. We'll go to the snacks, man, right after toss. Then myself, Kansas City heads to Buffalo. Right now, the spread is sitting at three. So it's moved a little bit. And the over under is four and a half. Mr. Cohn, how are you feeling about this one? This is the most annoying matchup possible, all Dolphins fandom aside, because you know that no matter what happens, the narrative is going to be around the offenses. But anyone who knows ball and has watched these two teams play knows that their success over the last month and a half has been on the defensive side of the ball. So people are going to tune in. It's going to be promoted as Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Again, can Allen finally beat Mahomes' Chiefs in the playoffs? And that's not to say that they're – they're obviously both going to be huge factors. They're obviously both very good quarterbacks. 
but the defenses are what kept him in these games the last few months, the last few uh, weeks. So that's what I'm expecting. I would be very, I don't think I wouldn't even touch. I mean, I wouldn't touch this game regardless because playoff games with two good teams and two good quarterbacks can get pretty nutty, but I wouldn't touch the over as well. Just the way these defenses have been playing. Now the Bills offense is a little banged up and now Diggs. I heard his abdomen. I haven't seen any injury report about him, so I can't break any news about that. Uh, But regardless, you look at what Buffalo's defense has done. They've forced seven turnovers in the last four games. This is not the same Patrick Mahomes we've seen in recent years, but he's still making the plays needed to win. So, Again, I expect everyone watching this game to be like, oh, man, like we, we're not getting like a Josh Allen, like Stephon Diggs masterclass. We're not getting a Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, 60 yard bomb, which never really happened because, you know, it's, you know, intermediary receiving option. But I digress. My point <laughs> being, uh, I could see this just being like a slow moving. Yeah, there'll be some big plays. So I'm like, what the hell is Josh Allen doing plays? And what the hell is Josh Allen doing plays? 27 24 maybe probably less honestly is what i predicted i don't think the weather is going to be too bad too uh it's kind of my thinking it's just like annoying like, we'll watch it sip on some beers think oh this, this probably was a lot better in recent years now eh, they're just two teams with good defenses and offenses that make you want to jump off a cliff okay <laughs> the old cliff jumping offenses uh <laughs> nice nick where are you lying on this one uh, spread again is in favor of the Bills at three, and the over under is forty five and a half. Yeah, well, uh, I think honestly, like this is a toss up, pick them, and they're giving the Bills the points because they're at home. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I'm going to ride the Chiefs here. I think I like those three points, um, not necessarily to win the game, but I think it'll be close. Um, both these guys, you know, want to get the run game going. I feel like, and you'd mentioned their success comes from when they leaned on James Cook this year. And a lot of that's attributed to the fact that that means Josh Allen doesn't have to throw the ball as much, which is their biggest weakness when they're playing is Josh Allen turning it over. He led the league with 18 picks, you know? So at the end of the day, you know, the more he can rely on the run game, you know, running it himself and getting James Cook the ball, um, you know, obviously the clock ticks a lot faster. And I think I like the under here as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. T-Dot? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. All, all of the, the play that we saw from the Chiefs' side this entire season, they're dogs coming into this game. And they have Patrick Mahomes, and they have Travis Kelsey, and Sandy Reid. Like, that's just, that in and of itself is enticing, I think, for any sports better. For, for time and time again, like for the last three years, Chiefs were down at half in the regular season. Live money line on the Chiefs. They're going to end up winning that football game. You're, you're cashing out with some amount of money. And then this year, the script flipped right because they finally weren't winning some of those games um but their defense is now being heralded as the best defense that patrick mahomes has ever played with which mm. number maybe one, everybody one yardage defense in the nfl yeah okay yeah right um their defense has always gotten hot when they've won the super bowl in the second half of the season right so that's that's nothing new um I like you have to trust their preparation, I think, a little bit more than the Bills in this game. But I also think, you know, we slept on the Bills after the first half of the season because they weren't playing good football. And then they kind of, you know, kept everybody's mouth shut in the second half, won the division. That I think was the biggest bummer for the Dolphins was that they ended up giving away the division to the Buffalo Bills at the end of the season, at least not getting that Steelers game at home. Yeah. (laughs) I, it's, uh, I I mean, James Cook has been really good on the ground, but Josh Allen has also been really, really good on the ground. I think James Cook being as effective as he is opens things up for Josh Allen to run the football. He obviously had that long touchdown run that was 
kind of Kenny Pickett in college-esque, where it was like, is he going to slide? Is he not? Okay, yeah. now he's just taking it into the end zone. Maybe we need to take a, a further look at the slide rules in the NFL in the offseason. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know which direction to go in this game. I, I, something tells me that this is the year that the Buffalo Bills get over the hump, but mm. I also, I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of rooting for the Bills in this game. Okay, nice. Not America's team, as we clarified the other day, um, but still rooting for them nonetheless. Uh, I think the I think the storyline is juicy. I think like I like your narrative of like, hey, is this the years the Bills get? Is the well, year the Bills get over the hump? If if we're gonna root for the the Lions to like break their curse, which they've already done of winning the playoff game, do we not feel the same? We just like hating Buffalo, which is fun. I I get it. Like people jumping no, on I, tables. Like I, I I'm cool with them getting all the ways. I think I think you're right. I think that we're a little bit numb to the fact that they've just been making the playoffs consistently these past few years. And they've had so many opportunities. And I think everyone's just kind of sick and tired of the same old dance. Like, can they finally get over the hump or are they going to be, you know, kind of just the lesser villain every yeah. single season, you know, cause they're making it consistently the playoffs and the AFC championship game. They're just not getting it done. And I don't really see them like as a uh, underdog story, a Cinderella story that America is looking for with the lions or the Texans, right. Where these are teams that, you know, legitimately have not been there. I mean, this is the first playoff win since 1991 for, for the Lions. So that's <laughs> it's crazy. And you know what? If you look at the prices of tickets, the lowest ticketed price, most expensive ticket out of all these games, the lowest to get in is $502 right now for the Lions and the Bucks. Let's go, and it, baby. And it, and it destroys every other. If you're going to Baltimore, you can get in for 89 bucks. If you're going to San Francisco, you can get wow. in for 176 If you're going to Buffalo, you can get in for 145 It's Five times that I'm out if you're going to a game in Detroit. You got to wonder how many Pistons games you can get into with 500 bucks. Maybe like two and a half seasons. Probably 500. I actually pitched this. I haven't told these guys yet. I haven't haven't, haven't told anybody. (laughs) I I, I pitched this the other day. I was like, can I get in a a short segment, like maybe like an extended segment, actually like a 10, 20 uh, minute video. Can I get from Los Angeles to a Panthers game next year? for under $250. Ooh. Like flight wise and ticket. Just can I get there for under 250? Is it possible? I think he, like $2 and 50 cents. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 $250. The Pistons and the Panthers like getting in those games are pathetic, but it's amazing what the Lions have been able to do. Um, and they're one of the amazing storylines. They're the storyline of the two cast off QBs. The Browns left Baker Mayfield for dead. The Rams elected to go with Stafford and kicked off to the curb despite him getting to the Super Bowl. That's just another one of the many juicy storylines. Um, but back to the Bills Chiefs one. I love the under. A little tale of the tape for you guys. Um, some things to know for the fans listening as well. The Chiefs are 10 and 8 this season against the spread. Fine. But they are 12 and 6 in games going under. Uh, with uh, 12, 12 of their 18 games are going under, sorry. And 11 of the Bills' 18 games are going under. Mahomes is 10 and 5 against the spread in his playoff career, including 7 and 2 when he's not at least a seven point favorite. Josh Allen is 3 and 6 against the spread in his playoff career. So, with all this in mind, I'll be riding with Mickey Snacks Kreider, Chiefs plus 3 and the under. Let's go to that very exciting game. Let's go to Lions Bucks. Uh I think many people felt this could be the Lions year they finally get back to the playoffs and actually make something happen. I think people are a little bit surprised by the Buccaneers and now are looking at this team going, "Wait a second, a lot of these guys went to the Super Bowl a couple years back. They had gone to the playoffs for a number of years with Tom Brady when he was there. Like these guys have the experience and Baker Mayfield like when he's given the chance is a real gamer." 
Detroit minus six and a half at home. The over under is 48 and a half. We'll go reverse order toss. You were up first. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm looking at the tape that both these teams put together in the regular season here. And that is indicating my decision. The Lions have been one of the best, most balanced teams in football the entire season. And that's just the fact of the matter. The Bucs have not. And the Bucs play in a terrible division. And they had an awesome, epic home game against the Eagles who have been ailing the entire second half of the season. What the hell is going on in Philadelphia? I don't know. But the Bucs took advantage. They came in with a game plan. They executed. Congrats to Baker Mayfield. Uh, but the Bucs stops here. Is, is what I'm saying. The Lions are going to, I think they're going to win. They're going to cover and they're going to go to the NFC championship. I'm, I'm in, in tow with all the Lions fans and not only getting their, their first victory in the playoffs in quite some time, but also getting to the NFC championship. And then we get into a real discussion as to whether or not they can beat the 49ers spoiler alert for my pick in that game. Uh, and I, I just like this Bucks team, Josh credit to you because you said they were going to win the division and I think I picked the Falcons. Nick picked the Saints. We've talked about this before. Like, they're not good, though. I, I I refuse to believe that they're good. I mean, if you want to bet a money line because they, maybe they have a good run defense and they can stop David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, good luck because no one's been able to stop Jameer, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Uh, and, and Jared Goff at home. Don't let that guy do dirty things in the dome because he, will. he there's, will. There's a dome? There's the weather's not a factor in this one. Hilarious. That's, a, that's a surprise. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, the whole we've we spoke about it the other day, the center, right guard, right tackle position um, going down the line for the Detroit Lions, the best in all of football. And it's not even close. So they really do an excellent and they and they utilize it too. You kind of know what's coming. Gibbs and Montgomery are an unbelievable one two punch. I will stand pat on the Buccaneers being a good football team. Not great, but good football team. They are not bad. They are a good football team. Will they win? I don't think so, but I'm standing pat on that. Did you give an over-under? Sorry, I don't know if I, I might have missed that. On the what was the number half. again? 48, 48 and a half. Yeah, it's going over. Okay. Because the, the Lions are putting up points. Okay. This Tampa, this Tampa defense is really good at stopping the run, but they have been vulnerable to the pass. And again, I mentioned it. It's a balanced offense. If the Lions throw early in this game and then run late, like I think they can win in a variety of different ways. And I think there's just no – there's. I don't, I don't, they're going to, they're going to hit the spread. They're going to hit the over. It's going to be, it's going to be a barn burner for the lions. I take the lions over in this Ooh. one as well. I would, I'm on I would Ross and Brown, a little that. yummy, yummy. I'm on Ross yeah. and Brown. Fully, Eaton. fully healthy Laporta. He wasn't even listed as a, as a probable on the injury report today. So they're, they're looking good. Animal. Nikki snacks. Give it to me, baby. Yeah. The home field advantage I think is going to be, you know, the, the most strongest out of all these teams, just because of the fact that, you know, these fans haven't seen playoff football before. They're going to be crazy. And it's going to be super loud. And it's in that dome. Um, and, you know, they're not gonna have to deal with the weather because it's in a dome, but you know, these fans legitimately are just hungry for any type of win that they can. I mean, we've mentioned that, that the Pistons play there and the Red Wings play there and the Tigers play there. So oh, God. Uh, I really think that the Lions are going to come in at full force and take care of business by you know a double digit score. Um, I like this game going over, but I'm not that confident in the Bucks offense to be honest to make it go over. Um, but for the sake of the game, I'll take the over and I'll take Detroit minus six and a half. Okay, Zash Cone, give it to me, dude. 
I hate to be like that guy, but I agree with everything you guys have said. I mean, oh, okay. Detroit, <laughs> yeah. Could have gone either way. Could have gone either way there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like to keep you guys on my to- on the toes. Uh, Detroit's got like I can see this being one where Detroit's got uh, like maybe a nice lead in Tampa Bay. Things like they can make it close, and then they do, and then Detroit pulls away. I don't know if I think this will be a close game throughout, or maybe you know it's like a fourteen fourteen dogfight to start. Detroit pulls away, as you can tell. I think Detroit's gonna win. Confidence rate maybe like a six out of ten. Yeah, I think there's possibilities for Tampa to win. You know, Detroit has a pass funnel defense. Teams are throwing the ball, and what's Tampa doing so well right now? They're throwing the ball. You look at like all these receivers who have racked up yards against uh, Detroit these last few weeks, Jerry Judy and KJ Osborne and then Puka Nakua just slaughtered that defense for like 181 last week. So I can see Chris Godwin having a huge day. You know, Mike Evans, obviously always uh, potential to find the end zone. I take that over, of course. I mean, these are these are two teams that offenses have gotten there to this point. Uh, but again, like you both said, that Tampa Bay defense, specifically that run defense, you know, Vita Vea, the big name there, the the uh, the feeder of the tush push. He owns the tush push now. Like it should be a scrappy game, is what I think I'll say. Scrappy, high scoring, taking the over. I think I'll take the lines and the points, but I Baker Mayfield. I saw this tweet. I don't really know how to work this into my argument, but I had to fit this in somewhere. Please. Someone tweeted out the other day that Baker Mayfield is what we hope Johnny Manziel would be in the NFL, and I'm like. Yeah, that makes I guess that makes sense with everything Baker's done this season. He'll be the Bucks quarterback next season for sure. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if he'll be no good enough to win a road playoff game this season. The leader against the spread. We love that. Good teams win, great teams cover, quote unquote, Nikki Snacks Kreider. The Lions are 35 and 17 against the spread in three seasons under the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Campbell. I will ride with you guys in the Lions covering. I think all the juju is leading up to them to the, at least go to the NFC Championship. There's Goff, a shot that there's a shot they have a home NFC Championship game. There's a they, they, uh, to everyone other than uh, Toss. There is a shot that they have a home <laughs> NFC Championship game. The Detroit Lions. They're playing fantastic football. I think, yes, it's a really good argument to bring up. They've been a little susceptible against the pass. Nakua just torched them for 181. And the pat, and there are a lot of talented receivers in that Bucks team outside of Godwin and Evans. Like, look, I saw a really hilarious tweet too. Um, one of, or like a, it was another video. One of the other creators that I follow, forget his name, um, but he, he makes a lot of good content. He put out that every time Trey Palmer tweets that he's pissed off, he yeah. scored the touchdown. He scores a touchdown dating back to like college. Whenever Trey Palmer wakes up angry, he scores a touchdown. I thought that was like a hilarious, and he doesn't like tweet it every game, like every couple weeks he tweets it. So I thought that was a really funny thing. He did it last week and obviously uh, scored. I think it's important to note the last time these two teams met was this season, and you know, with both the same rosters, of course, and the Lions won 20 to six. So 48 and a half. I like the game going under. I like the Lions covering. I think they could do a 21-14. I think they could do a 23-14. Something in that range. I think the Buccaneers do do a little nice job stopping the run. I think Amon Ra gets his. Some of the Bucks receivers get theirs. But I think they put some pressure on Baker Mayfield's. And I don't know if we see the Baker Mayfield of last game is what I'll say. I was about to say, I, as good as Puka Nakua was in that game for the Rams, Matthew Stafford was damn near perfect. 
I mean, he made yeah. every tight window throw you can imagine. Crazy. He was showing off all the different arm angles that we know he could he can show off, right? Which very few quarterbacks in the NFL can do. And like you said, Josh, there was pressure on him. He got beat up. He got hurt. I think let's just say he I don't even know if this is true, but he fractured five ribs in that game. That's that's a fact. That's a fact. And that happened. And he, I think he was also concussed. Actually, there was a play where people saw his eyes roll back and said, that is true. His um, hand was busted from like hitting like the helmet. Yeah, his hand was bleeding and and he was still able to make plays. But that deep, that that front, you know, supported by the edge rusher uh, in Hutchinson, which has turned out to be an incredible pick for the Lions. I think are going to get after Baker and you know, we, he can scamper a little bit. Like Zach, you mentioned this game's going to be scrappy, which is mm-hmm. that's the name of the game for Baker Mayfield. He loves a scrap. Fight. Right. That's that's what he's all about. I just think, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the, again, like I mentioned before, the buck stops here for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because I think the lions have too much going for them. They're, mm-hmm. they're just too good of a team. And at a certain point, you know, the, the, you get exposed for what you're not able to do. And I don't think that this Bucks team is at the same caliber as this Lions team. And I think that's we're, we're all in the same boat there. But let's move to the, the 49ers uh, and Packers game. I promise I'm not just picking the 49ers because the Packers beat the Cowboys. I really don't care. Um, that was a tremendous win by them. But like, I just feel like the Super Bowl is going to be chalk. Like we were going into the playoffs and after watching the super wild card round to me, what became more evident is that the, that the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens are miles ahead of every other team in the NFL. That's what you we know, thought. the, the super bowl logo conspiracy. Oh no. man. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. When they unveiled this logo in like may, you know, it had the purple and the red and people were like, well, you look at the last two or three super bowl logos and the teams to make it like last year's was a little teal and some red Eagles chiefs. I made a video in like, october late september about it like oh guys look like it's gonna be ravens niners and then i put up i put some money on it that that would happen and uh it seems like chalk like you said but i didn't mean to yeah. interrupt i just no no i don't have anything else to say about the 49ers I, like <laughs> i'll let you guys do the talking but i'm taking them spread and i'll take the uh i'll take the under in this game 50 and a half under 50 and a half spread is nine. Yep. So toss is going under 50 and a half and he's going Niners spread snack Scrider will go to you. Then we'll go to Zach. Then we'll go back to me. I like this being a close game. I really oh. do. I think, uh, I think I've bought into the Jordan love hype. Um, look, I, there's, there's might be something about green Bay that, you know, is good juju for quarterbacks and they have been able to really put together quite the, you know, hall of fame style quarterbacks and now they've got another kid waiting in the wings that might end up taking control of this franchise so this is a really big test for him and you know san francisco you know they haven't been in the mix to i mean actually playing competitive football in the last two weeks and these guys are coming off a huge win so there's some momentum there i don't know if you know green bay's gonna win but i could see this being you know a five six point game um so i like green bay plus nine i think that's generous and then i like this game going over mm. Zach Cohn. there was a point last march i think it was where everyone was just piling on jordan love and i simply tweeted out like what if he's good like everyone seems to be writing him off like i'm not saying he will be but what if he is there's been such a small sample size that we can't judge him and he's been great he's had uh 12 touchdowns no picks in his last five games he's had one pick since november 13th uh he also aside from being 
great right now, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in football. And as we all know, the hot hand wins games this late in the season, obviously. He has the chance to do the funniest thing possible because Aaron Rodgers never beat the Niners in the playoffs. So I died. Were you going to say that? Because that was I, my that was my storyline for this one. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a pretty big storyline. With that said, it's the Niners, dude. Like this, I, I think they're going to win it all. Actually, I like they have everything you could ask for, except a bona fide good, great quarterback. Like Purdy has looked very, very good, and this isn't me discrediting everything he's done. But it's more me looking at what other people say. And people are like, oh, well, the Niners don't have the quarterback. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Maybe you need that. But, like, they got it all the che- – they get to check all the boxes. And that should be enough. I, I, I agree. I agree with Nick. I think this is going to be closer than people think. But at the same time, I could see the Niners just pile on, like, 25 points in the second half and run away with it. Not much else to add other than Packers, good. Good future. Niners, better. I'm going to take the Niners. <laughs> I'm going to take the over barely. Okay. And if there would be a a season where the Packers go all the way, you'd mentioned, you know, Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers. It's the season where Aaron Rodgers pops his Achilles, the first drive of the season, right? And then they go in and they they eliminate his hometown team, the Niners. So and and his pass catchers, you know, the weapons that he never had, Uh right? These rookies and sophomore pass catchers are putting up records, records for guys at this point in their career. It it's yeah, the writing is a little poetic. bit on the wall. It, it would be very poetic. I also think it's really important in this game that that the 49ers, if they win the toss, that they receive as opposed to deferring and letting the Packers get the ball first. I think one thing that Kyle Shannon has not been great at is coming coming back from behind when they're down. And I think it's important. We saw that as much as we wanted the people that were rooting for the Cowboys, wanted them to come back in that game, that offense got off to a hot start and they never stopped. Right. And then their defense made plays as well. And so I think if the 49ers can establish the run, they can win in the trenches in the first two drives, then they'll be in a really good position to to make this game what I think it can be, which is covering that spread. But otherwise, like if you know if the Packers score, they're up seven, 49ers are chasing him, Purdy starts to force some throws. Like that's when things get really, really interesting in this game. Um, so I know it's not a it's it's not a common practice to receive first if you win the toss, but I think they should do it. Get that ball. Um, I, very interesting little tidbit and uh, some advice from Mr. Shanahan from TDOT. I like the over. I'm with the two guys on top. Um, I am also, but I'm with the two guys to my right. I, I like the Niners covering this one. I feel like they're asking me and the public's asking me and the universe is asking me to take the Packers, which leads me to go uh, the Niners direction. But it could, they could win by 10 and they still cover. And, the, you know, this game could go to the tune of 37-27, and that also sails the over a little bit. Um, you bring up Brock Purdy not being great. This reminds me eerily of a certain quarterback who was deemed not to be great in college football, yet time and time again over the last couple of years got the job done. He didn't have any of the tools that people wanted, yet he was a consistent winner. He delivered when he had to. And that's Stetson Bennett. So Brock Purdy to me right now is the Stetson Bennett of the NFL. And the, the Georgia-Bama game a couple of years back where Bama beat Georgia in the SEC championship, and we got to the Super Bowl. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but we if we are sitting here being like this is chalk and it's going to be Ravens-Niners, and the Ravens got the better of them in the first one, like Alabama did Georgia, and then we got to the national championship. Bryce Young versus Stetson Bennett in Georgia won it when it mattered most. I like the 49ers doing that. I'm with you. I think the 49ers are going to win the whole damn thing. I think offensively, as long as they don't make mistakes, they're as good as anybody. 
I think defensively, they're so strong on the defensive line. They're so strong at the linebackers. And they have good enough corners where they could hang with anybody and take down anybody and match up with anybody. Lamar Jackson had a heck of a season, but Brock Purdy threw four picks and they were still kind of in that game. Like they were not dead until the very, very end. They were still kind of in that game. So I think the 49ers to me are the favorite. They're the best team on paper. Shanahan's a great coach. Um, I think he's like 4 0 against the spread. Um, in the, in the Is it in the playoffs? Hold on. I can tell you guys in just a hot second. Um, oh, Shanahan. Brady, he, by the way. No, 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 no. I was going Stetson Bennett. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought no, you were going Tom Brady, honestly. Oh, yeah. sorry. I didn't. Well, get solid buildup, I guess. Uh, That's what you thought, too, Zach, right? Yeah. It no, was a, I, was yeah. Go, I was going college Tedson Bennett, like how people were like, it was yeah, a great analogy. Yeah, you that was that was great. Like, you're <laughs> right with all so. that. I thought yeah. you were going Brady. I was, but no, leave. I'm not crazy. Uh, Shanahan, uh, though, four and oh, when he's the favorite in the playoffs against the spread. So I will ride with the 49ers minus nine. Let's go to the cheapest one to get in. I was, I think that's what you said, Nick. The cheapest one to cheapest get in, to get in Baltimore, cheapest, yep. Baltimore the wire taking it. Will they take it down <laughs> to the wire? Uh, the Zans head to Baltimore. The spread right now is minus nine in favor of the home team, the Baltimore Ravens. The over under right now is 43 and a half. It opened at 45 and a half. So it's moving down a little bit. Um, Nick, let's start with you. We haven't started with you yet. Where are you going? All right. This is the wild one. I, I, I'm, I'm taking the Zans, baby. <laughs> I, I honestly, no, look at it, right? The Zans offense has been potent, high octane all season long. They can throw themselves in a game. And I think quite the opposite for the Ravens. Yes, they've got the MVP. He can run, but they're better at playing ahead of games. They are the number 20th ranked passing offense in all of football. And I really think that this is going to be a high passing game. And look, plus nine, take it. Money line, take it. Texans, I really think this is a different ball club that no one gave them credit at the beginning of the season. D'Amico Ryans has these guys playing for something bigger. And the city of Houston is itching just to get this team you know, into the playoffs and deep to the playoffs. A big smack in the face to Deshaun Watson and eliminating them you know, for first, first game and proving everyone wrong. And I really like them here. Um, over in this game as well, 40, 43 and a half. I think that's an easy overtake um, because I think the Texans offense plays really well. And I think the Ravens, you know, they can muster up some yard, yardage in the run game in the pass game. But I just I don't think they can throw their way back in this one. Mm, T dot will go to you, Cone, and then me. Remind me again what the spread is. Is it Got nine? That is nine and 43 and a half is the over under which Nick is sailing over. Uh, along with his, he's popping a Zan, baby. It's a long flight. It's a long <laughs> flight back to Houston. Don't do drugs. Yeah, I, I said I was going. <laughs> I, I said I was going chop, so I can't. I can't get crazy with it and join Nick on the Zan yeah. train here. Um, I'm going to go in the exact same direction I did with the 49ers. I think the Ravens are going to cover, and I think this game's going under. Um, this is the best boring. defense in football. Sure, <laughs> it, it could be boring. I mean, what do you want me to? Make your pick again, and I'll say exciting at the end of it, just so I can give you some <laughs> extra credit there. Uh, I I think this is the ultimate test for Lamar Jackson, and I think what people were not paying attention to when they watched the Ravens this year is how their offense looked under Todd Monken in comparison to years past. And I don't, I don't, I think that those the the twenty the twentieth in passing, like I think it's a little bit of a uh, okay, yeah, because their defense scored so many touchdowns and because they ran the ball so effectively. They were hardly ever in positions where they needed to throw the football. And I think this, once again, will be 
it'll be a tremendous test for CJ Stroud, but I don't think he can do it against this defense. He had a couple of games where he was really susceptible to making a lot of mistakes. And I think this Ravens incredibly deep pass rush is going to make things really difficult for him and force some of those turnovers. Now, the one thing about the Texans is they're really good at stopping the run. I think they're third or fourth in the NFL. So I think that'll, that'll be really helpful for them. Um, but the crazy thing about the Ravens and their rushing offense is that it's not like they have the personnel that we thought they were going to coming mm. into the season. Like they <laughs> make it year, happen. Bro. They make it happen with whoever is on the roster. It doesn't matter if it's Dobbins or, or Ray Rice, who's obviously not there anymore, but I'm just mentioning guys that are talented running backs that play for this team or Willis McGahee, or if it's Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. So I, I just think they have too many weapons and I think their defense is too good. So those are my picks spread Ravens and the under. And the apparently ever boring under. All right, Cone, give it ever to more, me. Evermore, evermore, ever boring. I don't know why I'm going with this exact score prediction. It just kind of popped in my head. Whoa, when, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Whoo. Hold on. Leap of faith here. Uh, I think it was because when Nick was talking, I just disagreed with everything. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I thought it was a hot take because I'm, I'm agreeing with Tass. I'm going pretty boring. I think the Ravens win 34 10. I don't think the Texans even make it a game, which would be ironic if they did, because I've had some pretty bad prediction luck in the wild card round, even though I went four and two. But like just how those games were supposed to be, I didn't wasn't really hot on. So I can see it. I guess there's a possibility where the Texans win this one, but traveling to Baltimore, Baltimore hot as hell. The team's hot as hell. It's obviously gonna be pretty darn cold in Houston having to play it go from Houston, the dome to the field. Obviously a part of that factor, but like you said, man, that defense is one of the best, if not the best in football. The offense is clicking. How, you, you, you make a great point too, Tass, because you look at like, dude, like Nelson Aguilar and Justice Hill making plays for this team. It's over. Mark Andrews could be back. It's so over. I, I think Baltimore beats Houston pretty handily. Uh, I guess I'll go 34-10. What was it? 43 and a half? Because I, I think I'd actually take the under, so why don't we – Jot that down to like 3110 so I can get the under on that. Okay, nice. Um, Mark, Mark Andrews, full practice. Thank you. Mark Andrews, full practice. So it looks like he will be suiting up. I'm going to go under. <laughs> I'm going to go under, but here's what I'll do. I don't think the Zans went outright. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, if any of the, if between the Niners and the Ravens, if any team was going to have a little rust, I think it could be them. Right. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Actually, neither has Brock Purdy. Both sat out week 18. So I think it's fair to mention that. Um, I think the Zans cover, though. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you, it, it's no football acumen. It's just I have a gut feeling of what we'll be saying after this game. I think we'll be leaving this game being like, look, the Ravens are the AFC favorite. We knew they would be. We knew they would get to the AFC championship game. But the Texans are for real. They are not a fluke. They are here to play, and I think they give the Ravens a bit of a game. I think the way C.J. Stroud, if you take the rookie label off of him, you wouldn't know. We're talking about Jordan Love being a great quarterback. He has been, and I was wrong about that, happily, and I'll eat crow. But I think a bit of my reservations where it's year four for Jordan Love. It's year one for C.J. Stroud in the NFL. This offensive line is good. Nico Collins is probably the most underrated wide receiver one in the league. Dalton Schultz looks to be a great pickup. Dev Singletary, shout out to him. One of the first friends of the show on Super Bowl Radio Row. Toss and I met him. Um, he's running the ball really nicely in the defense. Will Anderson pick looks great. The defensive backfield strong, and, and, they're, and they're getting a lot of production across the board. And I love the D'Amico Ryan's take at a nick. Like he's got them playing for something more. 
Like he's he's showing why he's a, a great hire as the head coach and the perfect guy for this for this franchise. And I believe I could be wrong. So somebody would love it if someone could stack correct me as we get begin to close out the show. If Lamar wins, it's his first time in the AFC Championship game, and if that's, the Texans, if the yeah, Texans, that's, that's true. That is correct because you were talking about Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's current playoff record is one and three. Brock Purdy's two and one. So he's already won more games than Lamar Jackson has in the playoffs. <laughs> and then if the Texans win, is this the franchise's first time in the AFC championship game or have they been there before with Matt Schaub? I I was under the impression that they went when they had that. Deshaun? I thought they had went one time. But I could I, if you guys could because they I remember one time like with Deshaun, they were beating the Chiefs by a lot, and then they absolutely queefed Jenkins and the Chiefs came all the way back. <laughs> so if you guys can stack correct me, I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go. We're giving score predictions. I'll match you. I have to cover nine. I have to go under. They've never been to the AFC championship game. Okay, great. I didn't think so. I'm gonna go 24 17. I think I don't think the Texans get like I don't think it's like an insane time where they get the ball back and the Ravens get a stop. I think the Ravens win this one. I think we we kind of know where it's going late in the fourth quarter. They run out the clock. They use that running ability. But I think they cover and I think the game goes under. I think we see these defenses show out a little bit. Kyle Hamilton talk about underrated is probably the most underrated defensive player in the league. And then we get Baltimore versus Kansas City in my eyes, and then Detroit versus SF. And at that uh, point, I'm going to go. I just did a fun, but fun little fact. Not only have they not been to an AFC Championship, they've also never won a road playoff game Ooh, as a franchise. As a franchise, yeah. okay, um, that's insane. So that, I think that all said, I just Nick, put down a parlay with all the underdogs. Let's, let's go. go, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nick rolling the dice, baby. Toss feeling confident in his Niners and the Ravens and his chalk taking. Um, some serious stake this weekend. Let's go real quick. Super Bowl predictions while we have you, Zach. We'll have to get you on before the draft to talk fields um, because we could go on and on about the NFL draft and, and where yeah. that and all the shape that that's going to take um, it, once uh, you know the Super Bowl is done. Um, we'll go with our guest first. Super Bowl predictions, and if you want to give a zesty score, go for the zesty score. It's going to be Ravens Niners. It's going to be a scoreagami. I don't know which scoreagami yet, but I'll I'll find one. Twenty nine to five. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be close. Uh, I think Niners win. Uh, I will be rooting for Lions Texans to be the game, not just because those fan bases deserve <laughs> it, uh, but because my head coach brawl bracket had those two teams in the finals, and that would be freaking awesome if that could happen. So I'll be rooting for Texans Lions. Uh, so boring. Ravens Niners Niners take the dub in the rematch. Super Bowl LV I I I. Yeah, three eyes. So many nice. Eyes. All right, Nick. You have the rate. You can't pick the Ravens because in your mind they're a toast. No, 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 no. I'm I'm going with with what you want in your heart. You know, and it's the Texans and the Lions. Let's go. I uh, wow. Look, this is the year of the player, right? Players, coach D'Amico Ryan's Dan Campbell. Both these guys played. They've got a different type of relationship with their players than your typical coach does. You know, your coordinators, your 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 old, you know, you know, greasy balls head coaches that that you know you respect the head coach, but these guys level with you in a different way. There's a reason why the Raiders found success towards the end of the season with Antonio Pierce. It's just a different type of year, I feel like, and it was a wacky one with a bunch of injuries and all these ridiculous storylines coming in and out. And I think we're in for a wacky Super Bowl, and it's a fun one with the Texans and the Lions, and I think ultimately the Lions prevail. 
Nice. Okay, so you have Lions, Zans. We have the boring Niners, Ravens toss. I think we know yours, but of course, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the floor, my friend. So in all white, tell us what you got. Uh, I will be rooting. I'll say I think it's going to be the Niners and the Ravens, um, same as ZC. Boring. I do think – okay. Uh, <laughs> I I believe that the – I think the 49ers are going to win that game, but it's a rematch, and obviously the, the Ravens, uh, they kind of dominated them when they played them earlier, and I thought they schemed a great defensive game plan against against the 49ers. I, I like the Brock Purdy story. I think like he's still being slept on in a way, and – and he's still being disrespected and, and he's done nothing but produce when he's been on the field. Like when they lost the Eagles last, last year, he did, he had like half an arm basically. Like he was so hurt in that game and they still had him out there. Um, clearly they should have actually just put CMC as QB because he can throw a touchdown or two who I want to be in. Like, I want, I want it to be the bills and the lions. Like we were talking mm, about earlier. That's I think it would, be, it would be really cool if both those teams, you know, the bills finally get their shot at redemption from the three super bowls, through Super Bowl losses in a row in the 90s. The Lions obviously haven't done anything in a long time. Josh, the two of us have always been Jared Goff fans. Like, I was a, a closet Rams fan when they were making their run. Like, I wanted them to beat your Pats when they were in the Super Bowl for sure. I like Jared Goff. I like the video of him going undercover at that community college and, <laughs> and slinging yeah. darts deep down the field, 60, 80 yard throws or whatever it was. Um, it would be really cool. I also am like very here for the post-game content from the lions like jared goff getting credit dan campbell getting credit like all those videos are amazing so that would be super cool um and i hope that that's the the, the matchup but i do think that the 49ers are, are gonna play the ravens and i think they're gonna win how funny would it be if the bills get to the super bowl comes down to a tyler bass chip shot and he just whiffs absolutely on the dead yeah, blows it yeah it'd be hilarious yeah. i i lions i want the lions parade I want that city to get it. I want the Lions parade. I want whatever comes next with Dan Campbell going crazy for three months of Vetchkin style. I want Dan Campbell to ride, you know, the coattails of a Super Bowl and maybe make an appearance at WrestleMania because heck, I think he'd be a great I think he'd be a great fit in the WWE. He brings the energy. He's good on the mic. He would be really excellent in the WWE, and I love that appearance. And I think he gets that and he gets that allowance and that leash if he can go do other things if he wins the Super Bowl. All that being said. I think the Niners win the whole shebang. I think they beat the Lions in the NFC Championship game. AFC Championship game, I have the Ravens, and I have the Chefs. I think I'm going to go with the Chefs. I've had the Ravens. You guys can tell Zach how many years in a row I've picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. And they really? never do. Yes, dude. Every with Greg year. Roman as OC? Right. Dude, I, think, I believed in Lamar. And then I didn't. And now they're great. It's like one of those things like I always pick it the year before. The Virginia Cavaliers picked them to win March Madness. They were the first team ever to lose to a 16 seed. Next year, they win the whole thing. This reminds me of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I just think it's one of those things where everyone's counting out the Chiefs. And then, you know, lo and behold, Mahomes, Kelsey, obviously Andy Reid, and that amazing defense. I think they show up and show out and get it done um, no matter where it is. And we see Niners versus Chefs in a rematch, and the Niners win. Sweet. Dude, also born. Super Bowl with the Chiefs would be the most watched game of all time. <laughs> it, oh, yes. I thought you were being sarcastic. Yes, absolutely. Taylor no, Taylor Swift, man. Yeah. 
She's got oh, forget the script it. writers. They got the Swifties in the oh god. And if it they would so they wanted it so bad and the Usher brings her out. I mean, it's just a it's just an absolute it's just an absolute dream. And she does the uh she does uh little John's part and yeah. I think it'd be, <laughs> I think it'd be pretty sweet if she did that. Um, all right, gents, absolute pleasure, Zach. Thank you so much for joining us. Go follow him on TikTok uh, where he does some killer content. Obviously, if you're not checking out Fanduel, he's the man over there too with the plan, the uh, coordinator, the offensive coordinator over <laughs> at Fanduel. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you again for the draft. 1090 fans, shout out to you guys. Charity Stripe fans, hit your free throws because they're free. Fisher, Tasabla's DJ, Nikki Snacks, Crowder. We'll see you guys next time. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.